0: Hi everybody, and welcome out to PCappy Podcast, the Pokemon anime podcast that goes through each episode of the Pokemon anime individually and dissects it as nerdily as possible. Right now, we're approaching the very, very edge of the original series. We are almost done with Johto. We just finished up the Johto League Silver Conference. Now Ash and his friends are heading back home. And if this is your first time listening, hi, welcome. If this is your second or more time listening, last episode got a little weird. Lesson to self, don't go see Disney musicals when you're stressed out and then podcast about the Silver Conference immediately afterward. So, if the sound of a grown woman blubbering was a little bit awkward, uh, sorry. But only sorta, I mean. After all, humans have feelings. This is a thing. And podcasters have personal lives. Speaking of that personal life, my furnace is working and has managed to keep going for multiple days, and having heat does wonders for my mood. So having got the mental breakdown out of the way, I am now ready to tackle the next couple episodes, which promise to be full of all sorts of delightful things. Uh, today we're on episode number 273. Gotta catch you later. And Peek Podcast is brought to you by PokePress. Head on over to YouTube and follow all of their London adventures at the European International Championships. They've got a tour video up, and I'm sure there will be more to come as the days go by. By all accounts, it sounds like it was a really fun tournament. You can find Steven and all the stuff he does on YouTube at PokePress or also at pokepress.blogspot.com. Whether videos covering the most recent championships, or an interview about retro gaming with Try from My Life in Gaming, or reviewing the Pokemon Christmas Bash CD, a crossover with WTPT. Unboxing, TCG pre-releases, there's all sorts of stuff to capture your attention in the world of Pokemon. So like I said, find them on YouTube or their blog page, at pokepress.blogspot.com. Um, I'll have links to those on my blog page as well, and I'll give you that info at the end of the episode. And that episode, number 273, Gotta Catch you Later. So we finished up at the Silver Conference. The kids are all going home, and I guess they've gone down south and over, coming out the pass near Viridian City. We have not been here in a very long time. The Viridian City Pokemon Center is doing well, and the Nurse Joy at the desk is actually new. It's her first week working here. Which is probably why Ash and Pikachu are even allowed in after blowing up the building. Not that she hasn't heard of these kids. In fact, the previous Nurse Joy told her to keep an eye out specifically for Misty. There's a message for her. Her sisters need Misty to call home right away. Um, before she does that, let's take a minute to marvel at the Pokemon Center's communication network. Like, in some ways, Pokemon anime technology is sci-fi-level futuristic, and in some ways, it's completely old school. Like, we're starting to see cell phones and the like creep in. <laughs> like, that time Ash jumped off a skyscraper in Kalos is probably still trending. Um, but one thing that never changes is that the easiest way to get a hold of a Pokemon trainer in the field is still through the Pokemon Centers. Because so few of them carry phones or, or Poke gear or anything like that. And somehow they're able to communicate with each other or keep a registry that somehow pings whenever a trainer checks into the Pokemon Center. So no matter what weird mountain path your trainer is taking, if they walk into a Pokemon Center, Joy knows to tell them they need to call their mom. Like, it's something that no one really talks about much in the anime, but it's clearly thought out that all you have to do is send a message to one Pokemon Center and they can find your trainer wherever they are in the world and give them the message like and they're willing to do that too like the Pokemon training network around the Pokemon Centers in general is pretty amazing and and we'll talk about that more as advanced generation gets going and Ash has to explain it all to May but I just think it's cool anyway what Misty's sisters want is to leave. Daisy won third place in a beauty competition and won tickets for a trip around the world with two friends. So now all three sisters are heading out. And someone's gotta run the gym. Why not Misty? The girls won't take no for an answer. They're just gonna leave home, toss that ball in the air, hope you catch it on its way down, Misty. And Misty's not so happy about having this sprung on her. Why should she have to run the gym? And Brock and Ash don't understand right away. After all, isn't this kind of exactly what Misty wanted? To be the Cerulean gym leader people remember? And bring up their image to stop the reputation that the Cerulean sisters just give away badges? To stake her claim and make a name as a water Pokemon trainer without her sisters around? It doesn't even have to be permanent if Misty doesn't want it to be, just until her sisters get back from the trip. To Ash and Brock, you know, with Misty's stated goals in life, this sounds like a perfect solution. Um, And piling on to this is Nurse Joy with the news that Misty's bike was repaired by the previous Nurse Joy. Yeah, that one from episode 2. Nurse Joy had a hobby in her downtime the past several years. (laughs) Because it's nice and shiny again, works like a dream. Ash didn't even have to pay for it. I love the idea of Nurse Joy just having a side hobby of fixing little kids' bikes. It's kind of wonderful. Um, And this is great for Ash, because while I want to believe in his better intentions, he really wasn't making a lot of headway uh, in the replacing the bike department. There might be reasons for that, but we'll talk about that later. Anyway, Misty has a bike. Ash is excited for her. She'll get back home in no time now, hopefully before any challengers show up at the now-empty gym. And that's the last straw for Misty. She gets real snippy with Ash and finally just tells him to leave her alone and runs out of the Pokemon Center. And Ash is not really sure what just happened. um, But Brock is insightful enough to guess that maybe, maybe Misty wanted to keep traveling with her friends. And Ash is like, really? And from Ash's point of view, yeah, that might be a hard conclusion to jump to. Because while Misty is his friend, like, there's no doubt of that, you know, she thinks he's okay and has fun traveling, when has Misty ever said that she's glad Ash fried her bike and set all that in motion? When has she ever said that she'd still travel with him even if he did replace the bike? Because I can't remember a single time. What I do remember is, don't forget about my bike. I'm only following you for my bike. Oh yeah, you still owe me a bike. When are you going to pay that back? I wouldn't even be here if it weren't for the bike. Misty hasn't done much to dispel the narrative that if she gets her bike back, well, she has no reason to follow Ash, so she might as well go home or go on her own way. Again, they're friends. I don't think Ash has any insecurity over the idea that Misty enjoys being with him. Like, she's clearly not in a rush to get her bike back. But given that Ash doesn't read through the lines particularly well, I don't think that he has any reason to believe that she'd stay. If he presented her with a bike voucher or whatever, she'd be like, Oh, cool. Well, it was fun traveling with you, Ash. We'll keep in touch. Bye. And then she'd go. Because that's the story Misty has been selling To the point where I'd buy it if Ash maybe started putting off saving up for a new bike, making that a lesser priority. Because, you know, if Misty's bringing it up less and less, he's not in a real rush to say goodbye to her either. Again, Misty doesn't seem to be having a bad time while waiting for her bike. And when everything she says adds up to, when you give me back my bike, I'm going to go back on that journey I was taking without you. Before you showed up. Like, remember, Misty was on her own Pokemon journey. She had her own goals and dreams and directions before Ash showed up. And also keeps saying, I'm the gym leader of Cerulean City, the best and the most beautiful. I'm gonna be the world's greatest water Pokemon trainer, and the world will know of my fame. Like, in Ash's mind, this probably works out perfectly. Misty gets her bike back at the same time she gets a platform to go chasing her dreams. She doesn't have to follow him. There's a gym waiting for her. She gets everything she wants, for as long or as short as she wants, and she doesn't even have to wait. Considering last episode, Ash, you know, didn't win the silver conference, so now he's a little bit adrift in the water on his own dreams, like, yeah, he's probably really happy for Misty. Opportunity didn't just knock. It kicked the door down and said, Hi, I've got a fancy sports car. Come ride with me. He doesn't see any downside for Misty, But there are a few things that Ash doesn't realize. One, Ash has not figured out his actual future plans yet. He hasn't thought beyond, go home, see mom. He hasn't given much thought really to when he'll leave next or where he'll go. He hasn't committed to Hoenn yet. Like, I don't think Ash is actually planning to go far or anywhere simply because he hasn't thought of it yet, which means... He also probably hasn't put together that Misty going back to her gym means not traveling with him, which means he's going to wake up in the morning and go to breakfast and she won't be there. Like, I don't think he's really thought through the reality of what Misty, you know, going back to Cerulean means. Or even the more general sense of where he physically is going to be in the world in the next little while. But Misty knows Ash. She knows Hoenn was put forth as a possible reason to travel. She knows Ash won't be content to be off the road for long. And there's no way she's going to convince him to hang around Cerulean City for however long she's going to be the gym leader. Though I would love to see her ask. She knows that Ash isn't even going to really hang around Western Canto all that long. Like Cerulean City and Pallet Town are a bit of a distance to travel, but it's not so far that you couldn't make a visit from time to time. But really, is Ash going to hang around Pallet Town that long? And knowing what she does of Ash and how he kind of needs to keep traveling, they're not so good of friends yet that she could ask him to stay around the Cerulean City area just because she misses him. Not yet. Um, Ash and Brock, they're going to go off somewhere, sooner rather than later, and Misty can't follow them. She's seen the two of them every day for the past several years. Now she might not see either of them for years. And that's another thing that Ash doesn't realize, that Misty wants that. She wants to keep traveling with him, bike or no bike. Brock, too. And it upsets her that the boys, Ash in particular don't even seem to care that they'll be splitting up. It's like they want to get rid of her or something. As it turns out, the boys care very much, but remember, the original series traveling party, these kids are lousy friends. Like, communication, they're almost as bad as Gary. Anyway, Misty and Togepi take a walk and kind of mope, um, but as she walks down the street, three boys stop her and tease her about crying. Now that's not nice, it happens to everybody. Um, but these boys call themselves the Invincible Pokémon Brothers, and probably watched too much Karate Kid growing up. They want a battle, and that's just what Misty's in the mood for. She deals a blow to the first boy's Hitmonchan with Politoed, but then they bend the rules, sending out Hitmon Lee and Hitmontop to join Hitmonchan and surround Misty's Pokémon. Three against one. Not fair. Well, Ash and Brock were never far behind, and they rush in to be the cavalry. Pikachu and Fortress will make this an even three-on-three. So yay triple battles. Misty's not sure how she feels, because yeah, y- yay for help. She wasn't really looking forward to fighting with just Politoed, but she's also kind of mad at them. And anyway, she doesn't need rescuing. She doesn't like... The implication that all these years that she thought they were becoming friends, the boys just saw her as a nuisance to look after. Um, But the battle goes on. Pikachu and Fortress do their jobs, taking out Hitmonlee and Hitmontop. And Misty kind of snaps at the boys, like, I could have done this without you. And they reply, we know. We just wanted to share this last, you know, battle with you. Because we're saps and we'll miss you. It's not that they think she's an inferior trainer or anything like that. And that does something for Misty. They finish out the battle, defeating the Invincible Brothers, and from the bushes, Team Rocket is disappointed. They hired those clowns to defeat the Twerps or lure them into a trap, and look at this! Failure! So Team Rocket activates the backup plan, which is... (laughs) They somehow rigged up these soccer goalie nets and now have to push them together from opposite ends of the field to trap everyone within. Some poor Parks and Recs is kind of come by later today and and just be so confused and unhappy. (laughs) The Invincible brothers do not take well to this, though, Um, and when they realize Team Rocket never intended to pay them in the first place, well, that is it. They cut through the net and start fighting with Team Rocket, which lets the twerps just walk calmly out get their pokemon ready because they're about to send you all blasting off and as a team of three polytoed fortress and pikachu they attack in unison there's this huge tornado of water and lightning and then a massive explosion that's probably giving officer jenny cold sweats like no not again they told me that kid with the pikachu was back in town and i didn't listen Well, winning a battle and blasting off Team Rocket let Misty blow off some steam and feel a little more confident. And having a nice memory battling with her friends, that's great too. Especially since Ash, competitive battler, is complimenting her skills and saying it was awesome to watch her battle. Like, that is flattery if I ever heard it. I don't doubt Ash means it, just it's obvious he's going out of his way to be nice and and proves that he thinks their time together was important. And they have an interesting little exchange here, sharing their mutual feelings about having shared a nice journey together, and then silence with that bike sitting between them. Because Misty's in a hurry. And the next words they're going to say mark the end of that journey together. But it's Ash who immediately drops into serious mode, like, your bike and what it represents. He's the one who gives her the setup, like, you have a deadline, girl. If there's something you want to say, you better say it now. And like I said, it's Ash who gets all super serious for a minute, even though he's not really saying much about it. Misty was content to just stall. And again, I think it's these three being bad at communicating and being good friends. Ash just gave her the biggest compliment in his world, like, It was awesome watching you battle. I want to share a battle with you. This last battle is important to me. Like, you don't get higher praise from Ash than that. And there was mutual acknowledgement of their friendship. What else is Ash going to say? This is Misty's dream. Opportunity knocking. She has places to go, and she's got to go now. What's he going to do? Ask her to stay with him and give that up? Like, he can't speak to that after all, even if he believes Brock's theory that Misty does want to travel with him still. She hasn't said anything to the effect to make him believe that she would rather travel with them than go home. And maybe that's Ash's one moment of insight, like as upset as Misty is that this is sprung on her right now, and that she's kind of a little bit forced into it, and she doesn't really have all the time she'd want to say her goodbyes, and she doesn't really want to leave the boys, she's not going to choose to give it up, to get a substitute for the gym and keep traveling with her friends. She will always choose the gym. And even if it wasn't a necessity with her sisters leaving, she would probably still choose the gym. So really, what are Ash and Brock going to say except goodbye and take care? Especially since Misty still hasn't said out loud that she liked traveling with them and treasures their years together. And, you know, all this happy sentimental stuff. But these three kids are running out of time and they walk down the road a bit, and one of them is just going to have to bite the bullet and put their heart on the line and say something more than, yeah, it was fun traveling with you, I think so too, we'll have a nice life, bye. And I do think part of the problem is the two boys seem to think it's goes unspoken. Like, in Ash's world especially, it's like, of course I'm Misty's friend, of course I care deeply about her, like, of course I'm going to miss her, of course I enjoyed traveling with her, all those things. Like, I think the earlier scene in the Pokemon Center kind of suggested that for both Ash and Brock, they know Misty is their best friend, they feel the same way about her, and feels that this is so obvious, so why bring it up? Whereas Misty, despite her behavior and attitude, has always been a little bit insecure about some things. And this is one time where she really needs it said out loud. So they have the expected admonitions like do this, do that, brush your teeth, don't eat too much, don't flirt, all that stuff. Um, and she lets that seg into do your best. Because she won't be there to remind them both. And Misty remembers her journey. Meeting Ash, fighting Team Rocket, meeting Togepi, Corsola, Polly Toad growing stronger as a trainer, fun memories, weird memories. Um, In the English dub, the flashback sequence is a little different in that it focuses mostly on Ash and is pushing the poke shipping a bit harder. (laughs) And it's one of the few places that the dub pushed the ship and the Japanese version didn't, but don't let people try to use that as proof that the Japanese version didn't push poke shipping at every other possible opportunity including a few that the English version pulled back on. But I think, at its heart, the basic idea is the same. Misty had an amazing journey with people she grew to care about, and she changed as a person because of it. All those meetings, all those experiences, they happened because Ash fried her bike so long ago. And she wouldn't trade that for the world. If it hadn't happened, she'd never have any of it. It's similar to something Gary was saying not long ago. If Ash hadn't woke up late, if he hadn't stopped to watch the moon, they'd all be in different places now. It's just a coincidence. And Ash is like, no, fate, destiny. Nothing happens by coincidence. We were all meant to meet and meant to be friends, just like him and Pikachu. If not the issue with the bike, then something else would have brought them together. It seems like a coincidence, but Ash can't believe it was random that he met Misty out of all people, or any of them. And Brock agrees. They've met so many people who are all characters of the day now. But the three of them, they went on this journey and they became real, true friends. Best friends. Unbelievable as it is, considering how hard they sucked at being friends in the beginning, this is true. And to have it spoken out loud, it warms Misty's little heart. And so we make it to the crossroads, where Brock suddenly has a conniption. Turns out, he also has to part ways. There's a home situation, they need him back in Pewter City. And he hasn't said a word because, well, because he doesn't want to leave. No wonder he gets misty so well. So this is a parting of the ways for all three, the first break. Brock left a while ago at the Orange Islands, but he came back. And even when he left, Ash and Misty were still together. And Brock had his new friends and, and possible love interests and a goal and a dream to follow. Right now, he's not entirely sure what awaits him. He's going home to his family. Who knows what's next for him or if he'll ever see Ash and Misty again. Each one of them is leaving in a different direction to be alone in some sense. And there's no guarantee that they'll ever be able to come back together. These three have been each other's surrogate family for years. So it hurts. It hurts all of them. But they kind of said all the sentiment already, so Brock and Misty are prepared to take their leave. And that's when it kind of hits Ash. Like, like, wait, I, I thought I'd still have you guys wait. But Brock and Misty leave, and Ash is kind of introspective. These two people were his friends his best friends, his only human friends for a while. He was alone, and then he had friends by his side, however reluctantly they might have been in the beginning. So while Brock and Misty head down their respective roads, Ash doesn't. He stays there and lingers at the fork and watches them go, and he thanks them for being by his side. Without them, he'd never be able to... And then suddenly Brock and Misty are back. Because they know Ash. They know how he gets. So we get an encore. They present Ash with a handkerchief and a boxed lunch. Like, just a little something to remember them by. To show they're thinking of him. And now it's real goodbye. There are real tears. And yeah, Misty has a line in both languages that she finally knows his real feelings. Whether you want to take that romantically or not, either way, this scene pulled real feelings from Ash. Whatever doubts Misty had at the beginning of the episode, she left knowing she is one of the people who took a chunk of Ash's soul with her when she left. It, it appears to be ripping him up inside to be without these two friends. Not that he won't get over it, just communication. Communication. It's nice for Misty to finally know that she mattered. She has a place in his life without being a rival. The girl he owes a bike to who is just kind of following her and he has to put up with her. She's respected, admired, and in whatever way you want to interpret the word, loved. Anyway, Ash makes it back home, and the next morning, over breakfast, Mom mentions that Gary made it back to Pallet Town a few days ago. How did Gary make it back first? He circled the mountain before heading home. Did he fly part of the way? I do imagine Gary can travel faster overall, since he is a party of one, so, like, rest breaks and lunch and stuff are probably shorter. But a few days? If he walked the whole way, then, Ash, break out that town map and have someone put you through a wilderness course. You have a problem. But anyway, this is music to Ash's ears, like, really? Gary's home? We're friends now, this is a good thing again. Really? Seeing Gary? Trump's food. That's where you rank in this kid's life, Gary. Recognize the privilege. Anyway, Ash gets to the lab only to find out that Gary has left town already. No clue where he's going, just that he felt real inspired and ran off with only his blastoys. Professor Oak thinks Gary wanted to make a fresh start. But yeah, he just ran off. No word. No one's really sure when he's coming back. And Ash says Gary's name like it's an expletive. Like, dude, it is really hard to be friends with you. Why do you make this so difficult? Well, there's only one road out of Pallet Town, and if there's one physical skill Ash has, it's running at breakneck speed. So he takes off down the road until he catches up. Luckily, Gary stops a lot to look at scenery, so Ash has a chance. He catches up at the edge of town, and Gary's kind of touched that Ash ran out to see him off. And they chat a bit. Gary's not actually sure where he's going next. He just feels he needs to start again and keep moving, learning as much as he can about all new kinds of Pokémon. We'll see where he ends up. Ash is still deciding his own direction, too. Gary advises Ash to take his time. Enjoy being home for a bit and really think about it. He says goodbye, but Ash stops him to give him the red half of the rusty pokeball. After all, Gary won it fair and square. And it's the start of his new journey. Shouldn't he go with his sign from Poke Fate? And Ash still has the other half, so they're still connected, still rivals. Still friends, bound forever by a piece of fishing string wherever they go in the world. And Gary says he'll treasure it, he'll take care of it. And then, with a sincere goodbye, the two part ways. Gary, goodbye. I will miss you so much. You bring so much to this show and this podcast. I love talking about you and all the crazy stuff you get up to off screen. We will have a Chronicles episode with Gary, but yeah, in the meantime, I'll miss him. Him with the pendant and his cape and his little Uggs. Who taught you fashion sense, Gary? You aren't this close to being declared an honorary Team Rocket member. I mean, if the cape and the cheerleaders showed up in the same scene, Jesse and James would have tried to recruit you. But see, that's Gary. He can make that cape work. I love that cape. Like that scene in the Pokemon Johto opening credits where Gary throws the cape over his shoulder dramatically and then Eevee jumps on his shoulder. Like, you know they rehearsed that for days before Gary let a camera near them. I love the cape. Hawaiian shirt and flip-flops, like he's got the charisma to strut around in that. Wearing his lab coat like a cape, a la Yu-Gi-Oh! With a fanny pack. Gary Oak makes a fanny pack look cool. How does he do it? I don't know. Gary Oak. He tries to be the coolest of cool rivals, but the more layers you dig through, you realize he's this insecure, Pokemon-loving little book nerd that just wants everybody to love him and makes questionable fashion choices. I will miss Gary Oak. But anyway, with him gone, Ash is sitting in a tree with Pikachu and kind of getting a little broody. He tells Pikachu I'm not sure I like being alone. It breaks my heart. He's been surrounded by people 24-7. He couldn't get away if he tried, and sometimes he really did try to get away from Misty, but now there are no human beings by his side, and that's got to be weird. This is one of Ash's fears. He's alluded to it a few times, and we'll find out for sure in a future movie, being alone. It's just not good for him. Our Ash needs people to pour love onto it. A direction to journey in, and he's so used to there being both without question all around. Now he doesn't know where to go, and suddenly all the people are gone. Just like day one, when it was just him and Pikachu. And he didn't know what in Mew's name he was doing. And that's when Pikachu sees something in the sky a sparkly golden ho oh. Just like day one. It's a sign. Ash says it's going to the Hoenn region. I find his direction skills suspect, but sure, metaphorically, yeah, it's going to Hoenn. The next adventure, the unexplored horizon. All of the Pokemon Ash has never seen are there. All the battles he's destined to fight in. Well, there's that mojo. He and Pikachu are on fire, ready to start the new journey right now. Let's go. And then Trap. Team Rocket killing the forward momentum. And I love how Ash is mostly just annoyed. Like, come on, I'm trying to start my journey here. Anyway, Team Rocket has Weezing fill the hole with smoke. And Pikachu, it's starting to really hack up a lung. They're in trouble, sitting ducks for Team Rocket. And Ash thinks back to Brock and Misty, the friends who were always there to help or at least give morale support when facing danger. And now he's alone. And what's he going to do? But thinking of them reminds him of their parting gift, the lunch with cutlery and the handkerchief. Ash opens his backpack and gives the handkerchief to Pikachu to filter out the smoke, and then starts using the silverware as climbing gear to crawl out of the hole, like, My friends are always with me! It's so sweet. He's climbing up and just screaming, like, I am not alone! (laughs) And then once he gets to the top, Team Rocket is very afraid. Not so much because Ash is now empowered and confident and and managed to climb out with a spoon and a fork, but probably because Pikachu is literally ripping the earth apart with its thunderbolt. Like, there is a small canyon developing. (laughs) Pikachu basically just learned Fisher. Someone should tell Tauros. While at home that night, Ash declares his intention to go to Hoenn and to only take Pikachu. A new start to a new journey. Honestly, Mom and Professor Oak aren't that surprised. The Professor has given Ash a new Pokedex, and it is fully Hoenn-upgraded, ready-to-go, state-of-the-art, and Mom has made him some new traveling clothes and bought a ferry ticket. He tries to be surprising, but our Ash is getting downright predictable. And so, new clothes! I love this outfit. Like, the second I saw the Hoenn costume design, I fell in love Remember, this was the first time Ash changed costumes. It was such a big deal. Kind of kept up with the real world fashion a little. And in my head, made him look just a little bit older. And this was my first Pokemon cosplay, the Advanced Generation Outfit. It wasn't a super great one, but I still have it. And I kind of want to redo it. Um, Both the cosplay and then some like designs just for casual wear. Because these are clothes... I genuinely feel comfortable wearing. Like, I just love the look. The royal blue on black and a flash of red. Especially with Ash's dark hair. Like, this is just great design and color. It pops. Um, the episode ends there. The eve of the big journey. Will it be an easy trip to (laughs) Hoenn? Who knows? (laughs) And that's where the episode ends. It's... It's one of partings and three people leaving the series. It's not so unusual with Gary leaving, like he leaves all the time, but you like this time he's not coming back to the main series for a long time. His arc, for the time being, has ended, at least in relation to Ash. The two of them have buried that hatchet, they have closed that door, all the metaphors. Like I said, I'm going to miss him. And Brock, I won't say much about Brock because we all know he's coming back. And his return, like, was all the sweeter because they kind of faked us out for a little while. But Misty, I have mixed feelings. Because on the one hand, I'm sad to see her go. Like, I miss her. And it's really once Misty leaves the main series and goes into Pokemon Chronicles that she gets all her real character development they they did kind of try to tack on a little bit in the end of Johto here with her, with her kind of developing as a trainer and trying to find her place beside Ash and Brock. But it's really not until her next Chronicles episode, which is coming up very soon, um, that she really starts to work through real character things. She has changed. She has changed from the girl she was at the start of her journey with Ash. It's just Takeshi Shudo's admitted as much that he's, he was never really confident writing Misty, he was never really sure what to do with her. If there wasn't a romance, he just, there wasn't much for Misty to do. Which is very unfortunate, because I've, I've said before, for someone who had nothing to do in the series most of the time, Misty was actually a really rounded and and multifaceted character. <laughs> And certainly she had a good pair of actors in both English and Japanese that gave her all the all the character and flair that they could. So on the one hand, I'm really excited for Misty, that she's leaving the main series and going on to the Chronicles episodes where she can really shine and, and settle into her own and develop a little more. And makes room for, you know, something new with, with May. But I will miss Misty. She's... A very special character. She, every character brings something unique out of Ash, but like Misty is just, she holds a special place in this series. And while she's hardly my favorite character in the show, or my favorite of the traveling companions, or my favorite of the girls, Misty holds a place of rank and seniority in my mind that nobody will ever dethrone. Like, nobody can take her place. And that's kind of special. Um, But like I said, we will talk more about Misty and Brock and Gary over the coming Chronicles episodes because I am going to fold them into the narrative. How I do that, you're just going to have to wait and see. (laughs) As I have said, uh, we go through every episode of Pokemon in order as best we can. Sometimes it's easy to tell when certain episodes fall or when they should fall in my personal podcast feed narrative thing. Sometimes I have to make a few creative decisions, but get ready and get excited because it's coming. And that means as we go into the new year and start with advanced generation, we'll be switching off between regular series and Chronicles. Many varied things to talk about. But for now, that's where I leave you. I will talk to you guys all tomorrow. If you want to leave your comments or keep following this podcast, visit pcappipodcast.blogspot.com. We're also on Facebook and Twitter, or keep following this podcast through iTunes or Zune or the many other fine uh, RSS feed readers out there that deliver these files to your devices. Thank you so much for listening. This has been Peek Podcast. Gotta catch them all!